So we had a really good group that went to Superstart. We had 14 kids go. Um, one that goes to another church program on Wednesday night. We only had five fourth through sixth graders not go to Superstart over the weekend. So that was pretty, pretty awesome. Um, big testament to you parents for um, allowing them to go and pushing them to come. So thank you very much. Um, so Superstar is a 40-hour fun-filled, packed time frame with about 14 hours of it driving. <laughs> Very little sleep. Um, but it was a really, really neat weekend. I've never been to Superstar before, so it was a new experience for me. Um, I think we've only had two people ever go to Superstar before, one leader and one kid. So we had a whole bunch of newbies, so that was really, really fun. So I just want to go around and have everybody say what their favorite part of Superstart was. I'm going to start here on this end with Nathan on the red one. My favorite part about it was probably spending time with God and learning new things about him. When the people shared their stories. My favorite part was the worship. My favorite part was singing. My favorite part was worshiping. My favorite part was singing. My favorite part was meeting Emily. My favorite part was the sessions. My favorite part was sharing stories. My favorite part was when we parked the van at night last night at 10.30. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um... My favorite, right? <laughs> My favorite part was actually witnessing everybody's participation. I mean, it was my first time going, and, you know, being kind of new to this whole trips and God stuff for me, is it's kind of cool to watch everybody here participate because nobody was just not sitting there. They're all singing, dancing, having a good time. So that was my favorite part. So I guess I would have to probably say this is, and I'm, I'm probably the seasoned veteran of the group. So I've been to Superstart several times. I've done Believe and some different things. So this has been, um, now is my youngest, and so I have a chance to go again. It's been kind of fun watching. But I have to tell you, if you've never been, you really should attempt to go with the kids at one point in time. Um, to watch the kids worship in that fashion is just it's moving. I mean, there's nothing else. You got, you've got thousands of fourth through sixth graders in a room all worshiping the same God together and passionately, and it's so, so cool to watch it. Um, they're moved, and, and they're moved to tears. I mean, it's, it's really a crazy, crazy awesome experience to watch. So. And the adults learn a little bit along the way, too. So. <laughs> um, my favorite part, I would agree with Tanya. If you guys have not gone, you have to go. As an adult, you get so much more out of it than maybe even the kids get, and you learn so much from them. Imagine being at the Carroll Stadium, and it's probably larger than the Carroll Stadium, filled with kids and adults, and the kids move to a point to where during worship they're jumping and screaming and yelling and singing the songs for the same God that we all love. It's just an incredible experience. Yeah, so my favorite part... Um... Well, and what I really love is that we also went swimming. We went to the Children's Museum, and none of them talked about that. It was all about the Superstart 
for what their favorite part was. So that was really awesome just right now. Um, but my favorite part was one of the stories that they told was an enactment. And Emily, what JC was talking about, is a real-life American Ninja Warrior. So they had a huge stage set up with a course and everything, and her and her husband ran it um, quite a few different times throughout throughout the two days. But Emily and her husband, Kevin, and their daughter, Hope, did a story about how Jesus is used to connect us to the Father. And so they had, on the very top of the the warp wall, Kevin and their nine-year-old daughter sitting and talking about that is the relationship that God has with us. So as his own child was sitting there, and then she chooses to fall away to sin, and they represented sin with a lollipop. So she goes down off of the warp wall and is uh, looking on the sucker and stuff. And then Emily comes in as Jesus and having to bridge that gap. So having to see her go up the warp wall, hang on to Kevin as God and bring her back up to and bring hope back up to the father was really, really neat. So that was my favorite part. Um, And then I want everybody just to say, what's the one thing that you learned this weekend that you brought away from from Superstart um, that you learned? That <clears throat> to tell your story um, I can't remember. I learned that not to be afraid to tell your story. I learned that everyone has a story. I learned that everybody has a story. Um, I learned that God loves you no matter what. Um, I learned that everyone has a story. Um, you, that I learned that um, you should tell your story. I learned that everybody has a unique and special story to tell. I learned how to tell a story. Common theme. Um, <laughs> I would say the same because, like I said, telling your story everybody has a story and everybody has a fear or you know a judgment you feel like you're being judged when you tell a story so it's get out of your shell and telling the story is the the real key so um anybody who sent kids i'm going to tell you that we learned a lot about your children good good and other too but but really good stuff these, these kids are an amazing group of kids. And the things they can do by telling their stories, um, they've learned. They've learned how, how much of an impact they can make, and that's really super cool. And parents, you should be so, so proud, so proud. This is an amazing, amazing group. Um, they, they shared their hearts over the last two days. Um, and listening to that, listening to them be very vulnerable, was was really super super cool and um i guess i learned that no matter um how how long i've been in children's ministry that um they're still coming up and we've still got amazing amazing groups of kids that we're we're bringing up through the church so so keep working at it um kind of the same thing i've learned that we have some great kids who have a great relationship with god right I am envious of some of these kids in their relationships that I want to have the same kind of relationship. So keep working with them and encouraging them to have that relationship and strengthening that relationship. 
Okay, so as you can tell, story, telling their story was a common theme between all of them. So a little overview of what we did the three different sessions. Um, the very first night, we were talking about overcoming um, the, the, what? Yes, the obstacles. So that's why they had the obstacle course, and they used Emily a lot in showing how to overcome the obstacles and, and different reasoning for overcoming obstacles. And JC shared um, something with Jeremy and I this morning, um, and she said she wanted to talk about it. Do you want to? Okay. <laughs> um, so what she was talking about was the salmon ladder. Does everybody know what the salmon ladder is for American Ninja Warrior? It's where you have the bar, and then you take it, and then you have to go up like this. And she was talking about having to overcome the fear um, of that. And how she overcomes the fear of that is through trusting her abilities, um, trusting the structure itself, and then also trusting those uh, that came before her and knowing, you know, what they're saying is true, true and um, all of that. So how she kind of relayed that back to being able to tell your story and overcoming is how many people are here because somebody told them their story? There's a lot of people that are sitting here in this room because somebody told you their story and what brought you to brought you God. So everybody has a story that they're able to tell. And in, one common thing was that one of the skits was you don't try to outdo each other with your stories. It doesn't matter what your story is. It's just make sure you're telling it because we can all make a difference. So that was the, the biggest thing. Um, and then did Alyssa or Kelsey decide who's going to say this? Caitlin, do you want to talk about the tellet cards? So the tellet cards are basically um, these cards that the leaders handed out, and on each one of them it had a question. And um, so the first one said, "What's an obstacle that you overcome?" And what was it? what's an obstacle that you overcame. And so you would have to write down um, an obstacle that you overcame. And then the other cards were saying, like, how did God um, help you do this? And so you would have to write down your story and how God helped you through it. And then um, you, um, after we were done, we went in small groups and we um, shared our cards, basically. So when everything was said and done on Friday night, they all wrote their stories down. We broke up into small groups. We went back to the hotel. The girls went in one room. The boys went in another. And they got the chance to tell their stories in those small groups. Um, I believe everybody shared their story. Um, in our group, it took one of our girls a little bit longer to share her story. Um, but she eventually did, and she was so thankful that she did. Um, and then she ended up actually recording it. So what Superstar did is they came out with an app, and we were able to take their story piece by piece, record it in five different little videos, and then it condensed it all down to one video. Um, and I sent those to Jeff this morning, and he had to work really hard, so then we were able to do this because it wasn't in the correct format. So thank you, Jeff. And so we're going to sit down, and he's going to show us the four different videos that the kids... Um, recorded while we were gone. Hi, my name is JC Gretchel and I am 10 years old. My dog died. It made me very sad. But God gave me hope that it would become better and it did. I, 
I don't think about it, and I'm learning to move on. And that is what God has done for me. Hi, my name is Tegan McCool, and I am 12 years old. I have scoliosis. I felt like I was way too different. I, I wanted to be happy, but I was still very sad. I know that it was God that he helped me because he had my family get me through it, and for me to not be scared to have my last surgery this year. I started to become very happy, and I believe in him even more. As a result, I now get to do gymnastics after I was told I wouldn't be able to do it again. And I'm having a lot more fun after this hard obstacle. And that is what God has done for me. My name is McKenna and I am 10 years old. This past year when I was in the hospital, I was diagnosed with HUS, the disease. It made me feel sad, different, and weak at times. What God has done for me is he's made it better, although it, does, it has taken time, but it has made me confider, confidenter. And I got better, but I still have HUS for the rest of my life. And that is what God has done for me. Hi, my name is Caitlin and I'm 12 years old. An obstacle that I faced is when my dad died. It made me feel sad and confused because I didn't know what was going on because I was young. God helped us through all of it and helped us remember that he's in a better place now. We aren't as sad because we know God is taking care of him. My life is so much different thanks to God. And that is what God has done for me. Pretty cool, huh? You really want to listen to me now? <laughs> I think there's a whole lot more learning going on there than uh, what I think I could ever do. And their testimonies are just far more, uh, um, I don't know, impactful than anything that I could give to you. Uh, it did cause me, however, just to throw out my idea of what I was going to talk about today and just go with something altogether new. So I'm a little bit off the cuff today. But I wanted to talk about what they are talking about as far as sharing your story. I work at a place where I, I work with substance abusers. And one of the things that we try to get across to them is, if you can translate your thinking from, gosh, I want to hide everything I do from everybody, and I want to hide myself, and, and, and what I'm doing as far as w what I do with a substance, hide that from somebody... If you can go from that to overcoming it and then getting yourself out there, putting yourself out there with the story of how you overcame it, that's going to entrench it inside of you even more. That's all about, that's sharing your story, what the kids were talking about. So instead of hiding, if I can come to the point where I recognize I have a story to tell, I th one of the, uh, I think it was Trevin said, how to tell a story. I don't think we know how to do that very well. But if we can get from having to say something to having something to say, I think we can transition in our lives. All of us have a story of what God has done in our lives. And it's all a great story. The good news 
gospel is just that. My, how quickly we forget how great and how good it is. So I thought I'd just follow up with a little river reminder on that, and hopefully that all of us can be like kids and become like those kids again and be able to be fine and have fun sharing what our story is, what God has done in our life. Let me start with this one. This is the first verses of the Gospel of Luke. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us. A lot of people tried to tell the story. Just as they were handed down to us by those who, were from, who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word, the story. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, the story. Most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know with certainty of the things that you have been taught. That is Dr. Luke talking to us about the story. And he's saying, I investigated it all. I made a careful investigation. What I think is even neat about Luke's story is he's the one that tells us the most about Mary and the birth and what she went through. And many scholars believe that Luke was able to interview a very aged Mary and put that portion of the scripture in there. All the things that Mary saw at the birth, how it impacted her, how she pondered those things, and how, they, how she remembered those things. What a neat opportunity for Mary to share. I'm sure she had shared it a hundred times, but there's no way Mary could have shared it with people that live 2,000 years later, you and I. So Luke helps us out with Mary because he's interested in Mary's story. People are interested in your story. I don't know why you believe they're not. What are some of the barriers that get in the way of you thinking that you have a unique story? I don't know. I don't want to talk a whole bunch about God. You're not really supposed to do that, right? Well, that's a barrier. Well, people got a better story than I got. That's a barrier. But there's somebody out there Somebody out there needing to hear your story. I had one of my clients, uh, I met with him just yesterday, but the first time I met with him last week, he said this, Hey, Ben, you're a pastor. What do you know about baptism? Oh, isn't that great? Just a silver platter. So I went Billy Graham on him, right? I've got some information, some literature. Oh, wow, what a great opportunity. I've studied all of that a whole bunch. I've been baptized myself. And, you know, just being a pastor with my life story, this thing served up. Now, this was a guy that had come to our program nine months ago and went home and did okay for a little while, but then slipped back up. His main issue is he does not value life. I'm not pointing a finger at him. He's had six close family members commit suicide. He had a very dysfunctional, very dysfunctional family growing up. He's even attempted it twice himself. He just does not, he is not able to see how good and great life is. I know, life stinks sometimes. But this guy has lost sight of the value of life because he doesn't really know God that well. 
So I got an opportunity to tell him about this. I had an opportunity to tell him about how you can die without really dying. It's perfect for him. He's a really cerebral guy. So the idea of uniting with the death of Christ through baptism, and then the, the idea of uniting with Christ in his resurrection for a new life, something he's searching for, fits perfectly with him. Now, Romans chapter 6 tells us this, that when we're baptized, we're united with his death, united with his resurrection. We are buried with him. We get his death and his resurrection on our account. So I, I knew that stuff just because of my own life, and I was able to share that with him. And so it reinvigorated all of that in my own life. So just a little bit about my story shared with him and his story, and it made the story more prominent in my own life. That's the whole point about what the kids learned this week. So he said to me, Ben, I've decided I want to do this. I want you to baptize me. I don't think it's a coincidence that I came back to the program and you're my counselor, and I want to do it in the river by Coon Rapids. <laughs> okay, wait a second. You're going too fast now, buddy. So that's going to be next Friday. Yeah. He wanted to get to as close as he could to the Jordan River. And that was his idea. Do you know, that's the river that has a little boy. I used to go down and explore and fish in. And now I'm about to move into a school right beside that place where I'm going to baptize him. We might have to chop a hole. But it's great. It feels good on the inside. Fishing in that river and traipsing around down in there, I never would have in a million years imagined that my story would conclude, not conclude, but end up someday with me baptizing a guy from Los Angeles in that river. A guy... A guy, okay, there we go, back home. A guy that has forever been entertaining exit strategies. And if nothing else, had just come to the conclusion that he would drink himself to a slow suicide because there was no value in life, really. Or he couldn't find it. Ah, all right. So an opportunity for him to die without dying and an opportunity to be reinvigorated and quickened by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in that baptism was the message that he needed. And truth be told, it's the message that everybody needs. Am I on? Okay. All right. All right. So anyway, there's that. You got a story to tell. You really do. God has not done nothing in your life. He's done good things. He's provided He's out of the blue, switched things around and set you on a new trajectory. Uh, You do. You do have a story. Scripture tells us and challenges us to be ready in season and out of season to give an answer to the questions that are asked of you. And your story can be that. Uh, You don't need to know this thing cover to cover to tell your story. 
you got your own story, and you know it well. And you can say it as well. All right, I'm going to jump ahead to this is John, the Apostle John. The last verses of his gospel, Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. That's John telling us there's quite a story right here. If you and I can somehow learn to weave our story into this, but God's already done that. But if we can make those connections, then we've got our own story to tell. And we can tell it effectively. And then the point of what I'm trying to say is that this story can get in here and be solidified in us, which is going to cause a momentous for us momentum to tell us more and more and more. And lest we forget... <laughs> We are commanded to tell this story. Commanded. There's a way to do that. There are some social laws that are unwritten that might get in the way of that. So you and I need to be wise and strategize how we could do that effectively. It might not be down on the street corner by the movie theater. But there are ways with coworkers, with family, with friends. Um, Virgil said there are, there are some things that are worth investing in. Christ tells us, use your worldly wealth to win people over to the story. There's all kinds of ways that we can do this and share how God has blessed us and changed our life. And it's our job to be able to do that. John and Luke certainly told the story. But as they wrote... They told over and over how their story was woven into the story. And that's what makes it all work. This, what we talk about today, is the most important thing. This is the great commission. You as an individual are commanded to be part of this church as a whole as it commits to and lives out that great commission of going out into all of the world teaching them all of that he has taught us and baptizing them into the name of the Holy, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Ah, we've forgotten, huh? Part of why we've lost track of that commission is because we've lost track of how good the good news is in our lives. So, let's do a little reminder, a quick one. This is the Apostle John again. This is 1 John in the New Testament, another book that he wrote. Verse 1, chapter 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this story we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it and testify to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this story to make your joy complete. That's John. Really, in a sense, effectively screaming at us. We saw this. We heard it. 
We held it in our hands. We were there with him every day. The reason that we write and the reason that we proclaim and the reason that we tell the story is for your joy. Think for a second. Who have you maybe possibly robbed of the joy of knowing the Lord because too afraid? Because you minimized your own story? I know, that's kind of the pastor laying the guilt trip on, right? But it's a good, convicting thought that might lead us to a more healthy self-regard that then could cause us to tell our story. If fourth and fifth graders can do it, you can too. It's a little practice. It's a little getting out of the comfort zone. Maybe for you, it's going to an event where there are 5,000 fourth and fifth graders and seeing what it's like. You know the scriptures say that we can learn from children and that we're challenged to become more like children, to get back to the innocence of life, to get back to the innocence of the simple story and to get away from the corruption of this dumb world and all of its drama. That's what we can do. We can have a level of calm amidst the drama of this world. And in that calm, just tell our story. God will bring people from Los Angeles and put them in your path. And he will open up the doors for your story. You just got to be ready. You just got to be ready. Let's pray. Father, I pray for two things right now a removal of the barriers as we draw closer to you and have the guts and the faith to be able to reach out for you. Secondly, Father, I pray for opportunities that are easily noticed where it's time, time to share the story, our story, and Lord, from that, making it more, solidifying it in our own hearts. God, most of all, We appreciate and give you praise because you have thought to come down into our lives and make that story and be a part of that story. Lord, there were times in all of our lives where we didn't know you and the story of life happened to us, be it good or bad, but you've chosen to come down and be a part of our story to either redeem it or make it stronger And for that, we give you praise because just as David said, who are you, God, that you would be mindful of us? That in itself is a story. I pray, Lord, you would help us to have more faith in sharing it. In your name I pray, amen.